One of the strengths of this Seattle Thunderbirds team this year has been performance of key members on the blue line. And that's why today we're talking with not one, but two of T-Bird's top four defensemen. Plus, we break down the last two weeks for the Seattle Thunderbirds and preview what's ahead in the final two months of the regular season. It's all ahead on another episode. T-Bird's fans, let's fly. You're listening to Let's Fly, a Seattle Thunderbirds podcast. Join us every other week for interviews with your favorite T-Birds players, conversations about how the team is doing, fan stories, and more. And now, here's Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Fly, a Seattle Thunderbirds podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. Thank you so much for joining us. Another great episode coming your way here on the Let's Fly podcast. A happy early Valentine's Day to everyone out there. However you're celebrating this year, whether you're going out for the steak dinner or staying in and cooking for that special someone, hope you have an awesome time celebrating. Um, And if you're looking to set the mood, uh, the uh, Let's Fly podcast, not a bad way to settle in for a Valentine's Day evening, I must say. I can uh, get into my nice, soft... Delilah voice here. No, we're not going to do that. Much more fun show ahead today for you. You've heard of Two for Tuesday, but this podcast episode is the podcast version of Two for Tuesday. Not one, but two interviews coming your way here during this show. You heard it there in the intro. A lot of great performances by the T-Birds Blue Line this year. We're going to talk to two of those players having an impact for Seattle defensively. Before we get rolling here, want to remind you, news, team updates, and so much more. You can find it all online at seattlethunderbirds.com. For social media, follow Seattle Thunderbirds at Seattle Thunderbirds on Facebook and Instagram at Seattle T-Birds on X and Snapchat. Stay tuned to the team as they make a push towards the playoffs here. And once again, a reminder, you can always text the podcast, interact with us, let us know where you're listening from, any thoughts that are popping in your head as you're heading to the stadium, coming back from a game, wherever it might be, you can text the show 253-656-6618. We'll have some more text to share later on during the episode here. But for now, let's get things rolling. Talk through what has happened for your Seattle Thunderbirds the last two weeks. A busy stretch. We are in the thick of it here. For your T-Birds, it was an eight games in 21-day stretch. I believe at one point, at one point during the stretch, it was two back-to-back weekends of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three of those games at home over that nine-day stretch, three on the road. Seattle Thunderbirds gritting it out, a four-and-four record during that stretch. I told you this team could win. I told you this team could win games. Yeah, it's been a tough couple of months. This team can win hockey games. They're now four points back of the Spokane Chiefs for the final playoff spot 
in the Western Conference, and they're really not that much further back of 7th and 6th place as well. And when you consider some of the wins that they picked up these last couple of weeks and who they came against, they can be competitive in the Western Conference. They're going to there's going to be there are some good teams at the very top, but they showed that they can hang with some of those good teams. So let's jump in. Let's talk about this two week stretch. We go all the way back to Friday, January 26th. We're going to roll through some of these games here. On the road in Wenatchee, taking on the Wild five days earlier, the T Birds lose nine to three at home versus Wenatchee. And I said immediately following that podcast episode, when that took place in last podcast episode, Seattle is not going to lose 9-3 to against Wenatchee every time they play. I told you so. Friday, January 26th in Wenatchee, Eric Allery opens the scoring for Seattle in the first period, adds a pair of goals in the third for his first WHL hat trick, and the Seattle Thunderbirds, again, not but five days after losing 9-3 to at home versus Wenatchee, they go on the road and win 6-3. to Six goals for this team in one game. Awesome to see. A big win on the road. The team turns right back around, heads back home for a big matchup, a, a, a rivalry matchup couple of uh, rivalry matchups going on here with these last few weeks. Saturday, January 27th, taking on the Everett Silver Tips. And folks, let me just say, if you were there Saturday, January 27th, and you got to witness the man, the myth, the legend that is Scott Ratzlaff and the show that he put on, you were treated to something special. Scott Ratzlaff, 62 saves on 63 shots. The Silver Tips go 0 for 6 on the power play. There's not much more that I can say in this one except for the absolute obvious, which is basic mathematics say when you score more times than the other team, you're going to win a hockey game. Seattle, 3-1 winners at home. They score three goals. Scott Ratzlaff holds Everett to just one. I should say Scott Ratzlaff, yes, 62 shots saved. There were a lot of opportunities for more shots that could have come through. T-Bird's defense stepping up at times when they needed to, especially on the power play. They end Everett's eight-game winning streak. And after the game, I had the absolute pleasure to talk with Seattle goalie Scott Ratzlaff about the win, about the night, a historic night for him, a career high in saves. Got to chat with him about the game, what it meant for the team to get a big win at home versus the Everett Silver Tips. Take a listen. Alrighty, folks, Tyler here. A thrilling night at the Accesso Shower Center. T-Bird's a big 2-3-1 win, excuse me, over the Everett Silvertips. I'm here with the guy who made 62 saves tonight, Scott Ratzlaff. Scott, what a night, man. How, how do you feel coming off of this win? Yeah, it feels great just to uh, beat those guys. You know, it's definitely a rivalry. We're so close. Pretty much in the same kind of Seattle area, so to have that kind of I-5 
rivalry and in front of a, a great home crowd is, is a huge moment for all of us and it's something I'll, I'll never forget. So, Well tonight a, a career record for you in, in saves. It eclipses a game against Everett earlier in the season. Feels like a, a bit of a game that you, you seem to just be ready to step up for every time you get to match up against these guys. Yeah, it's definitely no pressure situation. I think the only, the only way is if you do put pressure on yourself. So just going into this game, you know, there there might be a couple chances here and there that you have to come up big. And, you know, I was fortunate enough for the guys to score a couple goals. And near the end, they blocked shots throughout the entire game, actually. The team blocked shots, worked hard, got pucks deep. So I think you got to give credit to the team, too, of never giving up and sticking it out to the end. And, you know, if that last goal by uh, Kaz is, is a big side release. So it was a little long shot, and it was, it was great to see. Well, a, a kind of a double win there, too, because you get an assist on that one, which yeah. is exciting. Uh, 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 probably not many assists for you as a goalie, but a cool moment for you as well. Yeah, apples are always appreciated. So I think, uh, yeah, it's kind of a uh, cherry on top thing. So. so you guys go through this tough stretch, you know, nine-game losing streak. Bouncing back here, though, four wins in the last six games. What's the mentality right now in the, with the team and, and with the coaching staff? Just what, what, what direction do you feel like you guys are moving in after these last couple of games here? Yeah, I think a big word that you can use is desperation. I think we need to go into every game thinking we're counting down the games and the days of when playoffs start and we're on the brink of making a playoff position. So I think our mentality going into every game is it's a two points that we need right now. So desperation is definitely a word I would use. And a big two points here. You guys get to face Everett a couple more times this season, but some big matchups. Again, take on Prince George, top team in the Western Conference this Tuesday. A couple of big games next weekend at home as well. Just just how important is every game at this point and a strong performance each night for you guys? Yeah, like you said, it's an important every night. And it doesn't matter if we're playing, you know, PG and they're top of the conference or if it's one of the lower teams that are in the same bracket as us that are also competing for a playoff spot. It, I think it... It's magnified no matter what team you play. So I think just treating every game like a playoff game. And we're counting down the days. So Awesome. Well, congrats on the win tonight and uh, on the 62 saves. And look, looking forward to a lot more performances like that from Scott this year. Yeah, thank you. So Seattle, two wins in two nights against two teams very much ahead of them in the Western Conference standings, beating two very good winning record teams especially the Everett Silvertips. I know Wenatchee's made some changes to their roster since the trade deadline, before the trade deadline, but that's still a good team that is in a playoff position. And you went and you won on the road 6-3, to three, and then you went at home against Everett. So two wins in two nights. To quote the great Lou Brown from Major League, okay, we won a game yesterday. If we win today... It's called two in a row. And if we win again tomorrow, it's called a winning streak. It has happened before. And in order to do that, Seattle goes on the road Sunday, January 28th to take on the number one team in the Western Conference, the Portland Winterhawks. Winning streak not meant to be the lone bright spot for the T-Birds, Braden Coots. I think I've said I told you a couple of times in this episode about things now, but I told you, Braden Coots, that guy's going to be heating up. Three goals in three straight nights. He gives Seattle the lone goal in the 4-1 loss versus Portland. We're going to talk about Portland here a little bit later on. 
It's a good team. It's a good Portland team. Is it a Seattle Thunderbirds 2022-2023 team good? No. I think there's uh, plenty of... Uh, there. There is not an absolute dominant force in the Western Conference like there was last year, but a good team and a tough place to win on the road and play on the road. So T-Bird's two-game losing or two-game winning streak ends Sunday after playing their third game in as many nights. They get Monday off. Thankfully, most uh, most teams don't play on Monday nights in the Western Hockey League. They get Monday off before coming back home Tuesday, January 30th to take on the Prince George Cougars. This, this is an anomaly game for me because I would say this is my game of the week, game of the weeks for the T-Birds. They had a big win against Everett. They had a couple more wins. They went four and four. But for a game that they lost, this was absolutely one of the best performances for 45 minutes that I've seen from the T-Birds at least over the last couple of months. Taking on the Prince George Cougars, they were 100% in this game versus the second best team in the Western Conference a few nights after um, struggling against in Portland. You come home, you play Prince George, who they have played very well at home this season in just the one other matchup, but they've, they've held in games against Prince George. They led twice in this game. They were up 2-1 with 15 minutes to go in the third period. And then it kind of all fell apart. The Cougars outshoot Seattle 19-4 in the third period. They get a power play with three minutes to go. That's not something that you can let happen against the top scoring team in the conference. They get a power play. They take the lead or they, um, they, after tying it up, they take the lead with two minutes to go in the game and then blow the doors off with empty netters. They go on to win this one five to two. Again, Seattle was winning, was leading this game two to one with 15 minutes to go in this game. It just became too much to handle a ton of shots faced again for Scott Ratzlaff. You could tell he was just the, the exuberance that was the game against Everett was felt with the heartbreak that came in and watching post game with this. He, he got a star. He was one of the top performers of this game, but just not enough for Seattle. And when you're going to face that many shots and you're not able to score more than two, it's really hard to hang on to that lead like they did against Everett. And you can't do that every single game. So a really hard fought loss. And most fans that I talked to afterwards said they looked really good in that game. And I agreed. They looked good. They were doing the things that they needed to do for 40 minutes. They outshot Prince George pretty handily in the first period. It was pretty even in the second. And then the third, the Cougars turned into the the offensive juggernaut team that they are. So, so two straight losses after two straight wins for the Thunderbirds. Game five of this eight-game stretch. They got a couple of days off here. Get Wednesday off, get Thursday off, head back out onto the road for a weekend series. They go on the road to Victoria and then come back home for a pair of games. On the road in Victoria, Friday, February 2nd on Groundhog's Day, the first game of the season to go to a shootout for the T-Birds. 
uh, uh, exciting, exciting stuff, except for the fact that Victoria tied the game up with 49 seconds to go in this one. Seattle so close to finishing this one in regulation. And while they're not able to close it out in the third period or in the overtime period, Scott Ratzlaff saves all three shootout shots from Victoria and Jordan Gustafson scores in the shootout as Seattle gets another road win in this stretch to snap the two game losing streak and come back home with another win. So coming back, turning back around after a road game the week before it was on the road in Wenatchee, a little bit tougher trek here, Friday, February 2nd in Victoria. Have to take the ferry back home the next day. Saturday, February 3rd, play, take on the Portland Winter Hawks at home. We're just not going to talk about this game. Seattle lost 7-1. From my, I, I did not see this firsthand from my understanding. Again, a very grueling stretch that we're going through here. No excuses, but they got off the bus and laced them up and got on for warmups. Again, I didn't see that happen, but the turnaround was just intense this weekend. And it was a disappointing night to come back home from that high of a win on the road in Victoria in a shootout. And then come back home and Portland just shows you what Portland has been able to do and what will probably continue to do through the second half of the season and into the playoffs over power teams. They win seven to one. Scott needed a break. He faced a ton of shots early there in the first couple of periods. Spencer Micknick gets some time in goal and, and makes a couple of knife saves, but unable to stop the bleeding as well. And Seattle's Seattle's not going to probably score seven goals against Portland. So this was a this was a tough game to watch. But thankfully they're able to turn the page pretty quickly. Good news, bad news here. Another quick turnaround their second straight weekend with three back-to-back-to-back games. Sunday, February 4th, the Victoria Royals in town two nights after winning on the road. And I said that Prince George, that was my game of the week for Seattle, but this this had the fireworks that you know and, and it shows you that what this team is still capable of in the midst of this season and transition period that it's been. Five o'clock puck drop at the Excesso Showware Center. Seattle storm out to a three-goal lead, including a WHL first, or excuse me, a uh, a first WH goal, WHL goal for Seattle forward Nishan Parmar. He gets his first in a T-Birds sweater to give the T-Birds a 3-0 lead into the second. But then Victoria would score three straight, three unanswered of their own between the second and third periods to tie it up. And then, just under seven minutes to play in the game, welcome to the T-Birds score sheet, Braden Holberton, who also gets his first goal as a Seattle Thunderbird and his first in the WHL. Two T-Birds getting their first on the same night, helping lead the T-Birds. T-Birds out to a 4-3 lead, and then 
Antonio Martirana, the rookie, scores an empty netter for his team-leading 14th goal of the season. Seattle picks up its second win of the weekend versus the Royals and does it on the back of its rookies. Sawyer Minio, Sam Popovich, veterans, leading the way with the first two goals in the game. But then to close out the game, Nishan Parmar, Braden Holberton, Antonio Martirana, three rookies, getting it done. Spencer Micknick in goal for this one, getting the win and holding it down late in this one. It was a rookie fest at the Excesso Show where centers the T-Birds pick up another win at home in this eight-game stretch. After the game, I got to talk with the two rookies who scored their first goal in the Western Hockey League, Nishan Parmar and Braden Holberton after a career night for both of them. Take a listen. All righty, fans. Tyler here. I am with one of the stars of tonight's game. He gets his first goal as a Seattle Thunderbird, Braden Holberton. Braden, what's going on, man? That big game for you tonight. Ah, it was a wild moment. Didn't even know I scored until everyone started celebrating. So it's great. Great game by all of our line mates. Yeah, and it's got to feel good uh, getting back in the win column tonight. You guys end the weekend, two big wins, keep pushing towards that playoff positioning. But uh, it's got to feel good on a personal level, but also on a team and how the team's performing right now. Yeah, everyone's everyone's excited right now. Two first goals, everyone's, everyone's fired up. Hopefully it leads into Wednesday. So a big big goal tonight. What's the mentality now? You got the first goal out of the way. And what, what, is, what does it look like for you in your mind here now as you get kind of fired up and thinking about getting that next goal and the next one after that? Just keep, keep on playing how I was playing today. Don't stop. Just keep what I'm doing. Very cool. Well, congrats, Braden, uh, on the big goal tonight. And uh, hopefully a lot more to come here. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty, fans, T-Birds, again, 5-3 winners against uh, the Victoria Royals tonight. I'm here with one of the stars of the game. He gets his first goal as a Seattle Thunderbird, Nishan Parmar. Nishan, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Nothing much, just, you know, first first WHL goal, getting on the score sheet tonight and contributing to a big win. Exciting night for you. Yeah, it was a great night. Felt really good. Good to get on the score sheet for the first time. Yeah, what's uh, what's the mentality after you get the first, like, okay, I got I got over the hump with that first goal, and now, like, as a forward, like, I'm just going out there and trying to get one every night now. It's probably got to be contagious feeling that way, right? Yeah, got to keep it rolling, and hopefully just keep stacking them on. Good nights, good finishes, hopefully, and score some more goals. As uh, as one of the younger players on a, on a really big rookie team this year, uh, what's kind of been the mentality for you guys uh, looking up to some of the older players but also knowing you can still contribute, you can help lead the team and, and contribute to the wins this season? It's just, you know, big focus on getting better, you know, getting used to this league and stuff and starting to contribute in this league and have a good role on this team is really important and everyone's been focused on that. What was uh, what was the moment like in your head when, when, when it went back in the back of the net and you, and you just like, I saw you let loose there. I think it was a bit of a surprise at first, but then just a all-out celebration moment, yeah? No, it just, just felt really good. Get that off my shoulders and, yeah, a lot of a relief, yeah. Very cool. Well, congrats on the big game tonight and on the first goal and hopefully we see many more out of uh, Nishan Parmar here. Thank you very much. Those rookie interviews, man. I mean, they're they're just they're a little more timid. They were a little more shy. It was uh, it was it was trying to get them out of their shell a little bit. It's it's cool to see both of them. I, I was super excited. I'm always excited when I get to talk with uh, a, a player after a game who is um, new and up and coming, and and after an awesome night like it was for both. 
Braden and Nishan. Um, just super excited for both of them and, and getting to talk to them. Fun times. Uh, we'll we'll work on the uh, the interviews and get some get some more content. I could tell they were just they both had the butterflies after that game and 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 what it meant for both of them. But but totally cool as well. Like just two of the coolest, most laid back guys when I was talking with them. Totally chill moments after scoring their first WHL goal. So awesome to see. So Seattle, their second win of the weekend. It's the second straight weekend where they pick up two wins, helping them climb those standings, get into the playoff position, close the gap with Spokane, pull within uh, Vancouver and Kelowna in the sixth and seventh positions as well. Unfortunately, they didn't do themselves any favors in the final game of this eight game stretch over the last two weeks since our last episode, Wednesday, February 8th, February 7th on the road against the Kamloops Blazers, the worst team in the Western Conference right now. Seattle combines for 10 total shots between the first and the third period. That is not going to get it done on the road. It doesn't matter how bad of a team you're playing or who you're taking on. If you take 10 shots, it is going to be tough to be competitive. 10 shots between the first and the third period. Second, they get a couple of more, but Kamloops uh, able to put more on net. They win this one four to one. And that's, I, I think it was, I, I don't want to end this stretch on a on a negative note, but at the same time, like, it's got to feel disappointing because you go out, you get two wins against Victoria, who is, uh, I think they're currently fit. They're either fifth or fourth in the Western Conference. Um, but one of the one of the top, they're they're in the upper half or mid range of the Western Conference. They're going to be more than likely in the playoffs. You get two wins against them. You beat Wenatchee. You beat Everett. Um, you you're in it with Prince George, and then you go on the road and you lose. Um, albeit in a place that's somewhat tough to play and had 5,000 fans in attendance, um, but against one of the bottom team of the Western Conference, those are the games that you, you desperately need because if you're going to stay in it and you're going to get those other ones, you need to win. You know, The good teams win the games that they're supposed to and are in and, and can win the games where it could be a, a toss-up or, or maybe they're, they're an underdog you have to win the games that you're supposed to. And as a Seattle Mariners fan for, for years and um, knowing that you go out and you beat a team that you're, you're not as good as. And then the next night you turn around and you beat a team that's got 14 wins on the season. You beat the Oak, you lose to the Oakland athletics or you lose to the Kansas city Royals. It's, it's tough to be competitive and make that push when you take those, you know, two steps forward, one step back, and then even a further step back by losing to a team like Kamloops. So unfortunate there, Seattle will get three more cracks at Kamloops this season. That was the first game of the season between those two teams. I mentioned it earlier, chasing down Spokane, looking at the rest of the season. It's going to be an interesting stretch for Seattle because while they do have some tough matchups here, the final stretch, they'll be on the road for two games against Prince George. They've got a... Uh, two road games against Portland, but they only have to play Portland four more times in the final two months. They'll get to play Kamloops three more times, including twice at home. They play Regina at home, who's one of the worst teams on the Eastern Conference side. They've got, let's count this here, one, two, 
three more games against the Spokane Chiefs. So right now where games stand where they both have played the same amount of games and you're four points back, you technically are in control of your own destiny. There's so many points on the table that absolutely. Um, But the fact that you could go even and win and lose as many games against your opponents the rest of the season as Spokane would, if you were to play even with them the rest of the way, minus the three games you play against them, you have a chance because then you could win those three games and pick up points where they will not pick up points. Those three games against Spokane are going to be key. They've got two in March. We've got a home and home weekend, March 8th and March 9th. And then one of the three fight, the third to last game of the regular season at home Friday, March 2nd, the final weekend of the regular season at home versus Spokane. That is going to be a huge game. If Seattle continues to stay where they're at again, some more matchups. You get another game against tri city. You've got another against Wenatchee still a couple of more against Everett. So there are going to be some tough matchups there, but there are some winnable games on this stretch and with how close they are, uh, it's going to be an exciting couple of final, final eight, eight weeks, nine weeks here as the T-Birds make a push for the playoffs, another playoff season at the Excesso show or center. So really excited uh, about what happened four games or uh, four wins in eight games. That's a stretch that the T-Birds weren't on in December at times, the beginning part of January, the end of November, but it's exciting to see those wins starting to come and getting guys like Jordan Gustafson, like Nico Majadovic. Hey, shout out. We're going to get into talking about defensive players here in a second, but shout out to Nico Majadovic at home. I believe it was Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday, February 4th. T-Bird's playing short a defenseman. So Nico Majadovic steps in and starts on the blue line for the Seattle Thunderbirds. I had to call um, Bryce Thompson, one of the one of the assistants uh, on the uh, front office side, who puts together the starting lines uh, before each game. And I had to call him when I was putting my starting lineups together for my reads because I saw number 26 starting alongside Jeremy Hansel and thought, well, that can't be right. But he was. And, and Coach Odette talked about it after the game that Nico was a champ and stepped into that role and, and helped uh, help the T-Birds be successful defensively on a night where they needed to be um, because they were short of defensemen. So uh, just awesome to see. I think this is a great transition point. As we're getting into our main topic, I shared it a little bit earlier. We have had a really cool time watching some awesome defensive players for the Seattle Thunderbirds, not only just defensively um, the, the defensive mindset they have, but the offensive prowess that they bring to the table. And over the last couple of weeks here, I've had the chance to sit down with a couple of the T-Birds top defensive players, the T-Birds this season on defense. 11th fewest goals allowed in the WHL. They've played some fewer games against teams, but at this point, despite being near the bottom of the conference and kind of jostling for positioning there, having a lower winning percentage, they're not giving up goals like some of the other teams are that are below them or that are above them on the standings. 
they've, they've locked things down pretty well. And again, huge credit to Scott Ratzlaff for what he's done this season, but 11th fewest goals in the WHL contributing to that as well as they're the seventh best penalty kill team in the league. Um, and they've gotten some really good scoring from the blue line as well in supporting them on the power play and them rising the ranks um, on power play success percentage this year so far. But I had a chance to sit down with two T-Birds. We got to talk with Jeremy Hansel in the last episode. I figured, why not? Let's just make it a blue line party. So we are going live on the blue line. We're kicking things off. The uh, young player who is entering his who entered his draft season here for the Seattle Thunderbirds. He was a second round pick by the T Birds in 2021 out of Chauvin, Alberta. So far this season, two goals, ten assists for 12 points. And man, this guy packs a punch. He is a fun guy to watch on the blue line. I believe our first episode this season, this was a request for a player that we would got we would speak with here finally had a chance to sit down with him here is my interview with t-birds defenseman number eight bryce pickford Alrighty, t-birds fans excited to get to jump in and, and talk with another seattle thunderbirds player here excited to welcome bryce pickford onto the podcast bryce how's it going i'm doing good how are you Doing well. Sounds like you guys uh, got a good uh, good day and a good week of practice in here. Yeah, we had a good week. We're getting some of our guys back too, so it's nice. That is always exciting uh, place to be at for sure. Exciting to see more guys hitting the ice. I want to go back a little bit here. Uh, you've been with the team for a couple of years now, but I want to kind of take a step back and look. You were you were drafted by Seattle in 2021, and I want to get some of your insight. That was that. There was the weird. COVID comes March of 2020 and you're drafted about a year later into the WHL. What was your preparation like going from, you know, your, your, your league and your hometown into junior hockey must've been kind of a lot of uncertainty and not sure what was going to happen moving forward. Yeah, it's uh it was a pretty, well, I finished my league and then a week later they flew me out to, uh, to Seattle here and then, I didn't really get much to think about, so they kind of just put me in the practice, and then I got a couple games, which was nice. Yeah, well, the, it's uh, you've been you've been playing a big role since the very beginning. I know there's a limit at that a specific age where you can only play so many games, um, but ever since then, you know, a good chunk of games with the team last year, really successful, really veteran-led team. But you still, you know, played in 54 games last year. Can you tell me a little bit about what that championship season was like and for you as a as a rookie at that point as a young player getting to experience what the team went through last year? Yeah, it was it was uh it was an awesome experience we had. We had such a good group of guys and they weren't just talented on the off the ice, they were talented on the ice too and they were just a good group of guys and it was just amazing that we went to the Memorial Cup finals. Yeah, the uh, I've gotten a chance to talk uh, here recently with uh, um, with Sawyer Minio, with Jeremy Hansel, some good veteran leadership this year and, and the last couple years on the blue line um, for Seattle. Uh, but getting to be a part of a team last year that held opponents, to, I think it was just, just over two goals a game, uh, and how strong you guys were defensively. Um, it, it's, it's probably got to be pretty exciting to be a part of a team like that and get to contribute and, and play a role in the midst of a, 
a really senior-led team that is strong defensively. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had a very good team last year, and our D was really good. So it was really cool to play with some of those guys. As a defenseman, I got to ask you. You know, you got you get to play a couple games. You got to play games last year uh, in front of Thomas Millich, playing games this year in front of Scott Ratzlaff. What's the mentality for a defenseman knowing that hey, you want to stop everything that comes your way, but if you don't, you got probably one of the best in the league behind you stopping shots. It's got to be a bit of a confidence booster for, for the team and, and for, for your play defensively as well. Yeah, it for sure is like having Scotty in that. And even Millie last year, it was, it was really nice having a good goalie right behind you just in case you make a mistake and they get by you or they have a nice shot. And, but it was just nice cause they're so solid in the net. So it's really nice. Absolutely. So, Want to talk about this year right now because uh, you're kind of you've kind of been in a a, a different year because um, you're you're in the big year you're in the draft year now so there's probably different mentality different preparation what how you look ahead how did you approach this year knowing that hey this is a big pivotal year this is draft year there's big things that are going to come at the end of the season was it kind of just business as usual or did you know hey I'm, I'm gonna need to start stepping things up this year and and not only because of that but also playing a bigger role in a, a team that saw some turnover this last year yeah it was uh, I had to have a big summer and I, I think I did that even though I had kind of a short summer but I think I capitalized on the months I had I got a good summer and obviously I have to take a lot more responsibility on the back end now this year which is good and I, I enjoy it Six Seattle Thunderbirds get drafted last year. There's probably got to be some motivation, some empowering feeling watching some of those guys, you know, watching guys like Sawyer and, and Jeremy and, and um, Grayson and lots of other players get drafted last year coming from this team. Does that excite you? Is there some nervousness that comes with it because you saw the level that, that those guys have set or – what what's kind of been your thought process going into the draft this year? It's a it's a little bit of both. You're you're never just going to be calm. It's always nerves and everything. But I think it's just got to play it day by day. I don't think I want to look too far ahead of the too far ahead of myself. I think I just want to go day by day and see how it goes. Yeah. So did you have anything specific that you knew coming in this year? Like, hey, I really want to I really want to work on this, or I want to want to focus on this, or or kind of put more of an emphasis on this as part of your game as it translates to both the team, but also kind of future opportunities for you? Uh, I would say weak side D and uh, yeah, just weak side D and jumping up into the rush more and being more offensive. Yeah. Well, you've gotten some opportunities this year for sure to, to get in on the, the offensive side. Um, I had a chance to talk with, uh, your your captain Jordan Gustafson the beginning of the season you know I think it was the second week of the season and I, I put him through the ringer as the new captain I said all right I'm gonna ask you questions about this team and you're gonna give me who fits that category and I and one of the questions I asked him was who is likely to be the first person on the ice and the last person off the ice and he said it was Bryce Pickford and uh, I think I think it was pretty cool to have uh, have the captain, the the team leader, guy who's 
drafted in the, into the NHL and been around with this team for a while. And, and out of everyone on the team, he, he picked you and he sees you as kind of one of the guys who helps set the tone for what the mentality of, of working hard on the ice is going to be like for the team. Yeah, Gus, he's uh, an unreal captain. He's just uh, he's really good on the ice, and he's even a better guy off the ice. And I think hard work comes from my family too. We're pretty we're a pretty hard working family, so I think I get it from my parents. And yeah, uh, that's super cool to hear. So I uh, talk about family. Um, I know that's a big big thing for a lot of guys. I was just talking with uh, with Sawyer in the last episode, and how exciting it is for him and his family who a lot of them are Canucks fans. He got drafted by Vancouver and how, what cool opportunity that is for him and his family. Um, what kind of role has your family played in, in your hockey developments and in, uh, in your kind of the steps that you took at a young age, getting on skates and playing all the way up to where you are now? Yeah, they've done so much. They've had to take their weekends like almost every weekend and take it away and, give their time to me and drive me to tournaments and buy me sticks and gear and all that. They've done everything without them. I wouldn't be where I am right now. So I'm thankful for them. That's, that's super cool. So, um, okay. Uh, want to take a little bit of step back here. I asked this to everyone. Uh, we know who Bryce Pickford is on the ice and the intensity and the, the prowess and, and everything that you bring to the ice What's Bryce Pickford life off the ice? How do you like to spend your time when you're not prepping for a game or looking ahead to what's coming up here or, or getting a practice in? Like, what do you like to do to just decompress and enjoy, enjoy your, your personal time? Uh, I'd say fishing. I've went fishing with a couple guys like Bouchard and uh, Souchin. That's, that's got to be up there. And ping pong with, uh, with the team after practice is pretty fun too. Okay. Ping pong, fishing. You know, I, I've gotten almost the same answer from every single person. It's been golf. And I think just golf, golf and too, hockey I players. Think okay. Yeah, golf too. You know, golf and hockey golf. players go, go together pretty well, but the fishing, yeah. I, I love, did you do a lot of fishing growing up and, uh, yeah. Up north? Yeah. My dad took me all the time. Yeah. Up north. Ah, that's very cool. So, yeah. um, well, cool. Well, Hey, it's been really good to, to get to know you a little bit better and talk with you. I have one final question and I'm looking for it on my phone right now because I want to make sure that I remember what it is. Yeah, there it is. Okay. So the question that, that I had somebody ask early on in the podcast, one of the people who texted in and they've asked that we, we asked this of players who come on the ice and better understand. Um, how did you pick your goal song? Uh, oh, that's a long time ago. I just needed ideas, so I was. Uh, I think I asked my family. I, we just did like a little vote in our family group chat, and they just wanted that song, so I just picked it because I really didn't know what to pick. So that's that's it. funny. Does your uh, your your goal song is uh, "Bad Boys," which is the cops theme? Yeah. I think that yeah. one. Did, does your family view you as bad boy? Like, are you, are you Bryce Pickford, bad boy of the Pickford family? I wouldn't say that. I asked my girlfriend too, and she said that she liked it. So, oh, nice. Know. Okay, they, they, just, they all picked it. So, I decided <laughs> very cool. Well, uh, Bryce, it's been awesome getting to talk with you for a few minutes here. Super excited about the rest of the year for you guys. I know you got a lot of big games coming up, and some exci- hopefully some more exciting moments like we got 
recently here against Portland at home, but excited for you as well and what the future is going to bring here the rest of the year and heading into the draft. Best of luck to you and uh, um, looking forward to seeing you out on the ice. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a blast doing this. Thank you. So great to get to sit down with Bryce there, talk about his game, talk about the exciting uh, year ahead that it has been as he heads into draft season. Um, and uh, best of luck to him going forward. Uh, awesome to see the energy and excitement. And uh, mention this uh, there, but uh, spoken of very highly by his teammates and the effort and the hard work that he puts in for the Seattle Thunderbirds. So, all right. One of one, done. One of two, two of two coming up. One of two done, two of two coming up here. Of course, we cannot talk about blue line success for the Seattle Thunderbirds without talking number 43, the Kamloops, British Columbia native, a third round pick by the T-Birds in 2020. Sawyer Minio, one of the rising stars in uh, as far as NHL prospects go. Heard so many, read so many things about how excited his uh, his club is. The Vancouver Canucks drafted him this last year in the third round of the NHL draft. So far this year for the T-Birds, performing very well. 11 goals, the third most on the team. 27 assists, the second most for 38 total points. And he's got four game-winning goals this season. So of his 11 goals, four of them have been game-winners for the Seattle Thunderbirds. One of the coolest cats on this team. Got a great flow as well, uh, but it's always a, always a guy who's smiling and, and excited to see um, when I'm walking around at the Excesso Shower Center, but excited that I got to sit down with Seattle Thunderbirds defenseman number 43, Sawyer Minio. Take a listen. All right, T-Birds fans, excited to be joined by another member of the Seattle Thunderbirds Blue Line. We've got number 43, Sawyer Minio. Sawyer, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm super excited to get to talk with you. It's been, uh, I, I just, uh, last episode, I got to talk with uh, Jeremy Hansel. And I would say between Jeremy Hansel and Sawyer Minio, two guys who got drafted this last year, nobody nobody had a better 2023 than the two of you. So really yeah. excited to get to talk with you. Yeah, I'm excited. Very cool. So, um, you know, we're in 2024 now. Let's go back about a couple of weeks here while it was still 2023. Take me through what, what 2023 meant to you from – WHL champion to Memorial Cup finalist to drafted in the NHL. Just what what was the overall year experience for you? Like? Yeah, it was a pretty crazy year. Uh, not a lot of downtime for any of us. Obviously, um, just having a really good season here in Seattle. Uh, you know, ended up winning it all, and then uh, obviously falling up short in the Memorial Cup. But it was pretty cool. Uh, that was my hometown in Kamloops, so it was awesome to play there in front of my friends and family and things like that. Um, and then right after that, went right to the draft pretty much, uh, barely went home, got drafted, which was really amazing for not only myself and my family and all my friends. So it's been a crazy, it was a crazy year. Yeah. Well, so I, I kind of forgot about the part that the Memorial cup was in Kamloops. You're from yeah. Kamloops. Um, but did you think back, you know, 10 12 13 years growing up playing in that area and being around the arena 
Did, yeah. like, could you ever imagine that one day you'll be back there playing for the Memorial Cup in your hometown? Yeah, no, it was pretty crazy to think about. Um, you know, obviously watching the Blazers growing up pretty much. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of cool just to play against them in a tournament like that is awesome. Absolutely. So speaking of, of British Columbia things, you, you get drafted by the Canucks. Did you grow up a Canucks fan? Uh, no, I wasn't. I was okay. a Lynx fan, but uh, my grandma and a lot of my family on her side, uh, they were all Canucks fans, so they were pretty pumped. Yeah, so yeah. I, I can imagine, too, some excitement, family and friends side, knowing that, like, you know, you get drafted by a team that's three hours south, three and a half yeah. hours south. That's That's yeah. got to be pretty exciting for them about the, the future for you. Yeah, it really was. Uh, it's very cool. So how would you say the off season went now that you've kind of, you know, you're, you're preparing for another year, you're, you're getting ramped up, but after getting drafted, there's kind of this extra layer now of starting to think about your future. And it's not just, Oh, I'm prepping for next year. You're kind of yeah. almost feeling like you have to put more work in now to the off season. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, you know, I think I had a really good off season, just, you know, as short as only a couple months there at home. Uh, and then I, came back here at training camp and then went to Canucks camp and uh, I got signed there. So I think that's kind of the work ethic I did over the summer, which, you know, paid off for that. Uh, you know, it was awesome getting to, to sign with them. Um, and just, you know, now every off season's to prepare for not only the year coming up, but the year after that, just to prepare your body the right way. For sure. Um, so, Going back to the 2022-2023 season, you guys had a lot of experience on this team um, across the entire roster, but also uh, some veteran presence and some, some guys who've been around for a while on the blue line with you. But defensively, team was one of the best, was the best in the league, held teams to just 2.2 goals per game, I believe it was last year. But how much pride did you guys take in last season? Just what you were able to accomplish defensively throughout the year, and and in the midst of you know a high flying attack that had just goal scores all over the lineup, yeah. you, you were able to lock things down defensively on the ice. Yeah, we had such a good decor last year. Uh, I think it's you know five or six drafted guys, um, so it's, you know it's crazy to look back who was on our team you know um and just you know took pride defensively you know on the penalty kill and things like that uh you know we tried to just shut down the other teams and you know our forwards were great at scoring goals so that's pretty much how we won yep uh, just a combination of good offense and good yep. defense for sure so right. this season obviously things have been a little bit different you guys all have the mentality hey we're gonna go in we're gonna win we're gonna be competitive in every game yeah um the defense is stepping up a little more on the offensive side this year yeah. with help helping contribute. I think you and Jeremy right now are both leading the team in points. Um, mm -hmm. d is there kind of some, because of the leadership and because of the experience that you guys have had, you've both kind of said, Hey, we're going to need to step up and not just be solid defensively this year, but we're going to have to play a part in, in helping on the score sheet as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think the, obviously the power play helps with that. We're both on the first unit right now. So uh, that's helping us, obviously, individually and getting the guys on the board. But, uh, you know, once we get, you know, three of our top forwards back here in the lineup that are dealing with injuries, I'm sure, uh, you know, they'll help our scoring as well. Yeah. So 
from a personal standpoint for you coming into this year, you know, some roster changes, a little bit of a kind of a championship hangover, you would say, getting getting used to kind of what the team is going to be this year. Yeah. How would you say you you mentally had to approach the year in in how it was going to be a little bit different, but then still with that idea that you wanted to compete? Yeah, I don't think any different than coming in any year. Uh, obviously, it was going to be a little bit different. Just you know, I'm playing a bigger role. Uh, I'm not going to be a you know five six defenseman on the back end like I was last year. You know, I'm going to be a one or two kind of guy. Um, you know that you know it just really helps your game at the end of the day. Uh, just playing more, getting more opportunity, and things like that. Uh, you know, I think if I if I play more, you know, I think I'm helping the team out. Absolutely. So, did you? Take where you were coming into the year and take where you're at now. Did you have specific goals that you personally wanted to achieve, things that you wanted to work on this year that you knew was not only going to be beneficial for your future and your time going forward in the NHL, but also how it was going to help the team perform and win and be competitive? Uh, I don't think I really had any uh, you know, personal goals or anything like that. You know, you kind of just... Look, come into the rink every day and try to get better for your team. Uh, you know, if everyone's getting better for themselves, you know, your team's going to look better at the end of the day. Um, you know, string together some wins here, and I think it'll, it'll go back together here. As one of the senior members of the team now who's who's been around for a couple of years and, mm-hmm. and watched the team and watched some of the young guys come in and grow, who have you been most excited to watch kind of take a step forward on the team this year? Yeah, I don't really know. It's it's a tough question just because we have you know we have so many young guys here. Um, I think we have like ten or twelve rookies, something like that. But uh, yeah, I know I can't really pick one guy. It's, it's awesome to see how they were at the start of the season, you know, in camp and things like that, and you know, halfway through the season now, uh, you know, I ever think I think everyone's really developed their game in a way that is great for them, and you know, looking forward to next year. For sure. So that, that's cool to hear. I, I, yeah, there's a lot of guys contributing to this team right yeah. now that maybe weren't in that same position last year. So it's yeah. cool to see people taking the step up when they need to be. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, hey, when we, before we close out time here, want to ask, because I love to give our, t- our fans an insight into um, they know who Sawyer Minio is on the ice, but a lot, not a lot of us know who he is off the ice. What are some yeah. things that you like to do? How do you like to spend your time when you're not at the rink prepping for a game, getting in a practice session? Yeah, I like to go golfing. You know, it's nice weather here when it's not raining for once. Um, you know, it's nice to get out there on the golf course with some buddies or, uh, you know, uh, after every day at the rink, you know, we're always going for lunch at, Chipotle and things like that so it's kind of where we hang out so nice I, I love that the go- I mentioned this last week with Jeremy I think every single person has said golf at this point it's a yeah. common thing hockey players and golf you guys mesh yeah, pretty well did. together all right yeah. last thing I want to ask about and uh this is a pretty easy question I ask this a lot and, and the fans like to hear about this because they feel like it's a real cool personal insight into your story. I feel like yours is pretty self-explanatory, but the goal song, was that just like, you probably have the oldest goal song on the team uh, going back to the 70s, uh, but uh, pretty easy to pick your goal song when it's a song about somebody that has the same name as you? 
I mean, yeah, I don't even know if I've heard the song before. I think uh, Jared Crooks picked it for me, and it hasn't gone away since I was 16, I think, so I didn't get to pick it. Well, leave it to Jared Crooks to, yeah. to reach back into the, the jukebox and pick something older out there. Yeah. But that's, hey, that's cool. That's that's cool to hear, and uh, it aligns pretty well with you. And, yeah, I guess hey, so. if you keep finding the back of the net, it, I think... I think it works and something yeah. definitely to stick with. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Well, uh, Sawyer, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us and get to know you a little bit better. Best of luck the rest of this season. Lots of exciting games coming up for you guys and, and as well your, your future ahead. Hope to continue to see, play, see you playing more games than a Seattle Thunderbirds jersey, but also excited to watch you at the next level as well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep, thank you. So there you have it, two absolute studs for your Seattle Thunderbirds, Bryce Pickford and Sawyer Minio. Awesome to get to talk to both of them, exciting stuff ahead for both of them. But first, you, you heard it from both of them. They are focused on this year. They are focused on that playoff push. They are focused on what they can accomplish with this team, can they, getting into the playoffs, making some noise, and uh, th- they've got the experience. They've got guys who've been there before, and if they can just get in, you never know what can happen going into going into the playoffs. So excited that both of these guys are a part of it and that they're going to uh, be leading things from the back for the Thunderbirds. All right, time to transition. We're closing up. We're getting ready to wrap up our episode, but as always, want to jump into our mailbag here. Again, you can text the Let's Fly a Seattle Thunderbirds podcast at 253-656-6618. First up, hi, Tyler. Would it be possible to get the whole list of goal songs? If you can't give them all, we definitely need to know Gus's. We tried to Google it. We don't think we found it, but all of our section now want to be pirates. Thanks, Amy and section fans since 1988 and Glenn Goodall. Amy, thank you so much for texting in the podcast. I can tell you with absolute confidence that Jordan Gustafson has one of my all time favorite goal songs. I haven't been around upstairs long enough to know all of them, but I can tell you that this is such a fun song when I found out what it was and I heard it for the first time. And we waited so long to play this song. By the time we clipped it, and had it all ready to go near the beginning of the season. We're just waiting for that first goal at home. And when it finally came and now he's gotten a couple of them and it's so much fun to play. Um, just lots of, lots of fun goal songs this year, but Jordan Gustafson's goal song is the last Saskatchewan pirate. It is a song by a, a band called the arrogant worms. And, I 100% agree with you. I, I want to be a pirate now, too, um, <laughs> hearing this song. It's such a funny song. You should look it up. Look up the lyrics. It's it's just, it's wild. And uh, um, I, I've been meaning to ask Jordan why he picked this song. As far as I'm aware, he's an Alberta native, but uh, he's got some uh, fond fond memories of, of Saskatchewan and... Uh, uh, and and really digs this song. Apparently, we we you heard it from Jordan early. He's big uh, '90s country guy too. So um, I figured he would pick something like that. But this is what he went with. Uh, 
just a, a just a good old fun song about being a pirate and uh so yeah that was jordan's uh song uh try to ask guys when they're on the podcast i didn't get a chance to ask him because we didn't have it yet when we first interviewed him to start the season but always fun there i've been talking with our music director we've been we by the way uh, I've gotten a couple of texts coming in. Hey, thank you so much for the great music you're playing this season. 100% want to give credit to our new music director at the Seattle Thunderbirds, Ian. My man, Ian, is awesome, and he's doing such a great job of curating the music and getting us new stuff and all of the fun drops and the fun things that we get to play. So, so great there and uh, um, has done a great job with it. So shout out to Ian and the awesome music that we keep pumping out at the Accessor Shower Center on game nights. Okay, uh, we, we talked about it. We want to put a Spotify playlist together of uh, goal songs, uh, just something fun to share. So might work on that and uh, send it out. But last Pirate of Saskatchewan, uh, or excuse me, the last Saskatchewan Pirate by the Arrogant Worms is the song. There's a bunch of different covers and, and things that you can find too. But that is the song. Search No More. You have found your answer and uh, we'll look at maybe getting a list out of uh, all of the other goal songs. So it's good jamming out on your way to the arena when you're not listening to the let's fly podcast for game night. So, all right. Uh, another text here. Hey, Tyler loved the interview with Hansel. Keep them coming. Always great hearing from the players and their thoughts on a season, especially a veteran and NHL prospect like Jeremy still think the podcast needs to make a change to weekly episodes. <laughs> Let's go birds. Let's fly. I think this is from Blaine again. Yep. It's from Blaine. Thank you, Blaine. Weekly podcast under consideration might be as we transition into next season. We'll, we'll look at doing that and how we can make that happen. But, uh, yeah. Uh, awesome interview with Jeremy last week. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, go back and listen. Really cool guy. Our, uh, first half of the season stairway to heaven. MVP, Jeremy Hansel, um, awesome interview with him last week. Lots of great defensive interviews lately. Got to mix things up here. I think we've got to get a couple more offensive guys on the podcast coming up here. So anyways, there you have it. Our mailbag, a reminder, you can always text the show 253-656-6618. Text him whatever you want. Tell us, uh, tell us what you're excited about, what's going on, um, what you're excited for. We've, we've got an alumni episode coming up pretty soon. Um, so if you want to text in an, another thing that you could text in is, uh, some of your favorite alumni in the, in the big show, the big time NHL right now who are, um, contributing and performing at the next level with the NHL, as well as, uh, got some players, uh, doing some big things in the AHL as well and carving their way out to the NHL. So, uh, we'll be talking about that here shortly, but Moving on, we want to talk as well about the upcoming schedule for your Seattle Thunderbirds. It's been a busy last couple of weeks, and that will not change. T-Birds with a good chunk of home games coming up here in the next few weeks. Let's talk about what's coming up for your Seattle Thunderbirds. Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Seattle Thunderbirds taking on the Wenatchee Wild. It is Pride Night at the Accesso Shower Center. An awesome showing by our fans um, in the fan-led Pride Night last season. So excited to to be a part of this here on Valentine's Day coming up this week. And then looking ahead, we have got a big weekend coming up. 
close to the end of the month, Saturday, February 24th, and Sunday, February 25th. Saturday, February 24th, taking on the Everett Silver Tips. It is Ronald McDonald Hockey Challenge Night at the Accesso Shower Center. This is always such a blast. One of my favorite nights uh, getting to uh, experience everything that happens throughout the day. All of the teams that play at the Accesso Shower Center to help raise money for Ronald McDonald House Charities of Western Washington and Alaska. To have the 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 main game take place and and everything else that goes into a hockey challenge night from the the uh, the shootout challenge that we do with Alice Tang and and her group that raises money every year and just so many great people coming together for a great cause. Uh, I believe it's several millions of dollars that have been raised over the last couple of years uh, or cr- since the initial launch of hockey challenge, um, but. Come out for that night. It's a it's a great opportunity to uh, learn how you can get involved and support uh, an awesome charity that helps so many people in uh, in this community and and um, around the country as well at the many children's hospital all across the country that that they help support and uh, house families at. So that is Saturday the twenty fourth, Sunday the twenty fifth. T Bird's taking on the Kamloops Blazers. It is our next mini bobblehead night. I have my three mini bobbleheads sitting behind me. My Thomas Millich, my Jeremy Hansel, and Nico Myadovic. All of them chilling just behind me on my bookshelf. Excited to find out. Should be coming out soon, if not already, who uh, who the next bobblehead is. So uh, come out for bobblehead night. Mini bobblehead, get your next one Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th. Also, our parents weekend. We'll be celebrating our parents um, at the Accesso Showware Center, recognizing them and and their, their, all of their amazing sons that, that play and represent the Seattle Thunderbirds organization. So, as always, tickets online at seattlethunderbirds.com. If you're at the game and you realize you're at there Saturday 20, the 24th and you're like, I need, to, I need to be there for the 25th as well. You can always head to the box office um, at the Accesso Shower Center that is open on game nights uh, and pick up your tickets directly there. But the easiest way to do it, go reserve your tickets online, seattlethunderbirds.com. All right, man, another episode in the books here. We're getting ready to wrap things up. One final note, want to put it out there. We've been talking about some big stuff coming up. One of the biggest looking on the horizon as the T-Birds approach the final two weeks of the regular season, we're going to have a big party, not at the Accessor Shower Center, at Climate Pledge Arena. It's the annual Battle of the Sound game. Your Seattle Thunderbirds taking on the Portland Winterhawks on St. Patrick's Day, March 5th, Sunday, March 15th, a 5.05 puck drop at Climate Pledge Arena, the iconic roof Seattle Thunderbirds come home to play under it once again. We always have a blast out at this game ever since we've been running it the last couple of years. Um, and the fact that it's it's St. Patrick's Day, I mean, come on. Our music director, Ian, said he's going to be at the Queen Anne Beer Hall at 9 a.m. that morning, so go see him. I'm just kidding. I told, I told him he has to take it easy because, you know, we got a game to produce. But come out and have fun with us. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day at Climate Pledge Arena. It's going to be a blast. So many fun things happening that night. Tickets for this game, you purchase through Ticketmaster. 
but it's really easy. You go to seattlethunderbirds.com. There's a big battle of the sound banner right at the top of the website. You click that. It'll take you to where you can buy tickets. You are not going to want to miss this one. I have the battle of the sound puck from the last couple of seasons. Excited to get my next one. All the fun things we got our, our creative teams putting together some cool pump up videos for this game. Lots of fun stuff, lots of giveaways, big things happening throughout the, throughout the night. So not going to want to miss it again, seattlethunderbirds.com. Click the battle of the sound banner at the top, get your tickets through Ticketmaster Now reserve your spot. So, all right. Well, Hey, that will do it for another episode of the let's fly podcast. Want to thank you again so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in wherever you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe so that you get those. I, it was it was so cool. I was I released the last episode, and uh, about a few uh, about an hour later, all of a sudden my my phone dinged, and uh, it was iHeartRadio. It was my iHeart app telling me to not miss the next episode of the let's fly podcast. I was like, good. I need to listen to this. I I'm glad I, I'm glad it notified me of that. So, uh, make sure to subscribe so you get those notifications when the new episode comes out. Uh, because, uh, unfortunately for Blaine, we're still not weekly. Hopefully we will continue to increase our cadence with these, but getting them out every two weeks, you don't want to miss it when a new episode drops those new interviews, new content for your Seattle Thunderbirds. A reminder, text the show, 253-656-6618. And follow along with the Thunderbirds at Seattle Thunderbirds on Facebook and Instagram, at Seattle T-Birds on X and Snapchat. We got lots of great content coming up over the next few weeks. Lots of exciting games at the Accessor Show or Center. So much happening. We can't wait to see you back at the show real soon. But for now, keep flying, T-Birds fans.